Guardian. Eyes up, Guardian. Guardians from the rusted remains of the Cosmodrome to the cosmic reaches of the rings of Saturn. Welcome to episode 21 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to destiny and its community. I'm your horse, Jorge, aka GoToNRG. And on today's show, we have my co-host returning, uh, David Schnoes. Say hi. How's it going, everybody? And we also have a special guest today from UpDownUpDown.net. Jordan Kallenberg, say hi. Hey, everyone. So, on today's episode, we finally got a large bit of news, considering it's the April update coming up soon. Um, We've been having little bits and pieces and hints all over the place ever since, uh, it seems, December, and we finally are getting some actual PvE content coming our way. Uh, In addition to that, we're also going to be discussing the updates to rewards, which should be coming. Uh, there's been hints on that in the previous uh, This Week at Bungie update, as well as the expected and anticipated changes to the Crucible meta and data. Um, but before we get into it, let's go ahead and uh, get a little bit of information of our special guest, Jordan. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about UpDownUpDown.net? Hey, all right. Um, well... I am uh, I'm a relatively new gamer, or uh, I guess a lot of people have been playing for a long time. I'm a, I'm a little bit of an old guy. I'm 34, and uh, I really started playing again, uh, at least started playing online larger games again with Destiny. Uh, before that, played games like uh, uh, the Arkham series and Assassin's Creed, and didn't really play too much, and Destiny really sucked me back in. And uh, sort of like I sort of like I used to play when I was a kid. Um, but outside of gaming, uh, I'm an engine nerd, I'm a mountain biker, and uh, a bunch of friends that I had uh, met through Destiny, and I decided to throw our thoughts on video games to uh, digital paper, and we started this website called UpDownUpDown.net. And it's it's still in its infancy, but we're pretty excited. Um, it's it's geared towards all games, all platforms, and uh, you know, since things are just getting started, it's a little uh, it's a little sparse, and we're just focusing on games we play and things we're really involved with. But uh, we're going to be expanding it, and yeah, it's it should be cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, and. Uh... What I was, I completely lost my train of thought there. Um, but uh, how about we just go ahead and get into it uh, with, with regards to the spring update? Um, we finally got a piece of content coming our way, um, and it only took 17 months for us to get it. Um, okay, it wasn't that long, but it feels like that long. Um, let's go ahead and 
Let's jump into it. Per the website, the battered remains of the reef are mopping up the lingering taken forces throughout the system. Worse have been captured by the Awoken and await judgment in the prison of elders. But a pretender to Oryx's vacant throne has escaped Varix's vengeful grasp. Hunt the dark beast down before he grows too powerful and reap the rewards that await you. The April update is available on 4-12-2016 for all Destiny the Taken King players. So, with regards to the update, everybody knows that the new light level is now going to be 335. Uh, I know that on the show we speculated anywhere between 340 to 400. Uh, my theory with 400 was that it would be enough to minimize any damage from year one weapons. Um, but it seems like they're going a little bit more modest uh, to 335. Do I believe that's going to impact PvP greatly? Probably not. But... You know, there is a sandbox update, and there's always a chance that they might make modifications to that. Um, with regards to the actual changes to PvE, it, uh, the prison's returning. Uh, the level 28 version is getting its own 41 version. And there's also going to be a, um, a challenge mode, the Challenge of the Elders, where you claim an Elder's Sigil from Varix every week, which is like the Trials Ticket. And you go up against three boss waves, and your job is to get points. You get points by headshots, creating orbs, uh, getting assists, a whole bunch of different things. Um, and we're also getting a new uh, quest, as well as a Blighted Chalice Strike, which is going to involve... Uh, was it? It's not Malak. They no, actually it is, pronounced it. It is Malak. Is, it? It is Malak? No, but I, I meant the actual pronunciation. Oh, Malak. Anyway, Malak, there we go. The, we're, getting, we're going one-on-one -on -one against a Taken Prince named Malak, who has been hinted at previously in the Grasp of Malak Pulse Rifle that you can get from the Omnigol Strike, as well as the Hood of Malak, which was supposed to be in... Uh, what's his name? Fogoth, there you go. Fogoth Strike. And now... It appears that that's going to be the reward for that particular strike. They're also going to update Winter's Run uh, so that there's a chance for a Taken version of the Archon Priest, as well as updating the rewards for King's Fall and the Court of Oryx uh, to 330 for King's Fall for hard mode, 320 for normal mode, and artifact drops from the Court of Oryx to 335. It's a lot of news. Let's first uh, go from the small to the big. Let's talk about the Court of Oryx. They're, they're actually making it worth your while to get any rewards from there. Um, yesterday, I was in the Court of Oryx for the first time in a long time. And let me tell you, constantly getting 265 light <laughs> artifacts that do nothing for you, kind of disappointing because that was actually one of the more, most exciting things um, in the game at that time when I first went into it, and then I realized that the rewards just weren't scaling up at all. Um, what do you guys think of the Court of Orcs? Let's start off with David. Well, uh, I think it's a really good opportunity for them to sneak stuff in that they haven't mentioned. I, I know they didn't say they're going to bring new bosses, but if they were to somehow sneak in a few new bosses to this part, that would definitely help out their case for this being a substantial piece of content to hold people through for a while. But I'm happy that they're making Court of Oryx relevant now. 
because originally like it, it was relevant for the first hour or two of you playing when you wanted to grind out to get some higher level stuff so you could go into the raid but now this makes it so if you really want to customize your build and get those discipline strength intellect strength and like discipline rolls now you can go into the court of orcs over and over and use those 30 reciprocal runes everybody has stored up or no antiquated runes those are the ones the reciprocals are mm-hmm. white ones yeah it, it, it's good because it, it brings it back to relevance which is something they need to do with all the content right I mean, one of the things I've noticed with the Court of Oryx, outside of the Centurions and the ones with the shields, I forget what they're called, I think Phalanxes, um, there aren't any other uh, enemies in the Court of Oryx that aren't Hive or use the Hive template with regards to the Taken enemies. They're all Hive. And it'd be interesting for them to throw in, like, for example, a Taken... What... Uh, minotaur maybe well the minotaur would be cool too but uh, i was talking oh god no that small space (laughs) that'd be nuts i i was talking about the uh the the taken uh a version of like uh ballista arc but what's that enemy type centurion or sorry yeah the cabal but the one with the minigun there's a specific enemy name type and i'm escaping the, the tip of my tongue Anyway, are we, you talking we, about the one from the final mission, like that dude? No, but the the specific enemy type. We're we're any just moving on. <laughs> uh, it'd be cool for them to bring in that that type of enemy because Colossus. Um, the Colossus. There you go. Um, there isn't a taken Colossus in the game. It's just Colossus uh, only ex- are regular versions there's no taken version and be cool if they involve them in some way shape or form with some sort of special modifiers because the three bosses outside of uh the one which um i think Merrick or what they got weird names the one where you have to stand in the light puddles there's no real challenge to them too much unless you have somebody who's never done crota and they just grab swords and start swinging it all over the place wait you don't think the ogre one is hard He's not hard at all. Oh my gosh, what? He is so easy. <laughs> I, I solo him all the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, it, they, didn't, they didn't make Court of Oryx in-game content, essentially. And I think they need to, to bring it truly back into relevance. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the Court of Oryx, let's go ahead and jump into the King's Fall, which... All they said was that the the drops are increasing, but they didn't mention that the difficulty was going up. And I'm kind of concerned about that because... Will we be able to melt the bosses once we're 335? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Actually, I think they did say the difficulty was scaling. They're not adding anything new to the fight, but I believe that with the increase at light level of the rewards there will be an increase in difficulty meaning the light scaling for the encounters will scale up accordingly but i'd have to reread it to be sure but i'm pretty sure they did say something like that regarding the difficulty and rewards for the taken king but nothing new nothing new to it that's good if they did that's very good if they did the only thing that i have with the king's fall raid is are challenges going to drop 335 stuff or are challenges going to become irrelevant and there's no point to do it because it's still going to drop 330? I think it, I think they're capping it at 330. And why, then why ever do the challenge except for Oryx because it makes the fight easier? 
because it's the easiest way to guarantee yourself 330 gear. But um, they didn't and, say it's going to drop up to 330. They said it, it will drop 330. Because during no, the stream, they said it that uh, Prison of Elders will drop 335. These activities will drop it at this, at this. It seems like, I could be wrong, but it seems like they're getting rid of light RNG at this point and everything will drop at that highest light. I, I hope that they get rid of light RNG. I've already told you I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, and it and it overcomplicates a system which is really complicated right now. Uh, the fact that and it, it has nothing to do with having to be, say for example, three thirty-five. At a certain point, when everything that drops is always lower or 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 at the same level that you are, there's no sign of progression. I mean, it, it, poor Eli, you know, with his fantastic RNG, you know. <laughs> That that was obviously sarcasm, because he <laughs> always gets the higher light level stuff. He's always getting this this higher light high, higher light level stuff, and then we have people in the in the same fire team who who've done the raid more more than he has. And that's not to say that you know he doesn't deserve you know the higher level light stuff. But at a certain point, when that same per or the another person in the same fire team has done the raid multiple times, it is not getting any progression for three consecutive weeks. Yeah, he steals um, the loot. It's just like you're kind of scratching your head, like Bungie. At a certain point, you kind of have to, like, you know, give us throw us a bone here. Well, that's my thing. Is it's it's with this. I don't mind light RNG when you're playing strikes and stuff and getting random drops at the end. But for end game content, give us the highest light so that we can bring those random drops up to the highest light easier. Don't make it so it drops too light higher than the random stuff that's dropping in strikes. Mm -hmm. I think they're gonna. Definitely talk about this on Tuesday, but from what I've heard on the stream, they actually mentioned up to three thirty-five, which makes me, which makes me think that that light RNG system is still going to be in there. Well, what I got out of the stream was um, you have to be a certain light level to get 335, but once you're this certain light level, your Varix drops, at least Varix, I don't know about everything else, but your Varix drops will drop at 335. Mm -hmm. I, I hope so. so. I think the core of the problem is that the whole loot system is sort of broken. It has been since day one, and all these new rewards that we're getting the new light levels it's all going to be subject to the same core loot system that they have in the game they haven't changed that and considering that this is a free quote-unquote free update uh free content uh i highly doubt we're going to see much difference it'd be great if the uh if they scaled up the light to max for the hard mode or for the heroic uh, level for King's Fall. It'd be great if they were able to guarantee a 335 item for uh, completing the Prison of Elders challenge, but um, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Not based on history. So uh, while we're while we're on this light level thing, um, this is kind of a, a programmer's point, and they mention this a lot on Fireteam Chat podcast. And this is why I, I, I feel the same way. And I want to kind of bring it up while we're talking about light is they've brought up the light level for strikes. 
they're most likely going to bring up the light level for Nightfall. They brought it up for mm-hmm. Iron Banner. They brought it up for Trials of Osiris. They brought it up for both Kingfall raids levels. They brought it up for Prison of Elders. So why is it that hard for them to bring up the light for the other two raids? Because they've said, no, you're not getting the new raids and updates. Or came out, or came out and said that. So why is it so hard for them to just bring up those other two raid levels light levels and give us that little extra bit of content that would hold us over because you know after about a month people are going to be saying well now we don't have any stuff like prison of elders is getting old again everything's getting old again but really all they have to do is do a seemingly simple update from all the things they've easily brought up the light level through to the light level of the stuff in the old raids and then we have what nine raids to do a week and all prison of elders to do a week trials to every week there would be more than you can do in a week if they just brought those up so why is it that they're still not bringing those up um that that actually was the the best point and the only real <laughs> point that was made during that podcast no offensive to the people of fireteam chat but they were slightly wow. uninformed this week. wow and by saying anyway. I mean very uninformed this week right but I, that's still, we still love the show. We still love the show. Um, I completely agree, but there's two things going on with that that I think that they're afraid of. Number one, they don't want to make it a common thing because at a certain point, they want people to do only new stuff. The problem is that there's just not enough to do. And say, for example, at the end of... Year one Destiny, when we had the um, the House of Wolves, yes, you know the, the Vault of Glass was still only was only level thirty, but because you had the Etheric Light system, you could bring all that gear with you. The problem is all that gear is very very strong to the point that it became the de facto weapons of the the House of Wolves. A three sixty five at the time anyway. 365 Vision of Confluence was going to outclass all the weapons that they had, the new weapons that they had in the House of Wolves. Um, and that's not even counting, for example, Fatebringer, uh, the Fang of Ear Ute, um, all the other ones, Praetis Revenge, uh, the, the the machine gun from Vault of Glass. I'm not even not even going to get into the, the, the other weapons and stuff, but I, I think it's um, the point I'm making is pretty clear that they were just too strong. And they don't know how to approach that. Which I keep saying, like, just bring back the weapons, remove the burns, and then add certain random modifiers out of out of a potential three like they have in or three or four like they have in the King's Fall raid right now. Well that way if you you have a chance of getting the quote unquote perfect Fatebringer again, but it's still a chance, it's not guaranteed. Well, I agree completely with what you said, remove the modifiers, but I think that's all they have to do. Like, uh, you look at those guns, the main reason why people loved them was those modifiers, because Nightfall was super hard at that point, and Nightfall was worth doing, and it would have the burn modifiers. Same with Prison of Elders, they had burn modifiers. So you would want those guns to go through there and rock out. Like, do you remember doing um, Skolas with Solar Burn when you would have Galahorn and Vision of Confluence? You'd tear through the ads, and then you'd tear through Skolas. Like, it was super easy because of those burns. If you take away those burns, 
then you just see how the guns perform. If they're still super strong, they can do specific gun sandbox updates. They've done it before. But there's no point to me to not just bring them up. If you look at it, and I know they want people to play their new stuff, so do this. Release a big content drop like you did with Taken King. You have a new raid. Okay, that new raid is the only avenue to get to max light for two, three months. At the end of two, three months, simple update, bring everything else up to light level. Now you're in a quote unquote content drought, but players don't see it as such because they have all these avenues of gameplay that they can go into and play and still feel like they're progressing and getting max light things. At that point, you're keeping it so you have the time to develop new stuff, but you've made it appear as though you've given all this new content when it's really just old content, but people love that content so much that they're happy with it. So in essence, you want to fool them. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily fooling them. It's, it's giving people what they're asking for. People want Vault of Glass and people want Prison back. And it would just make it so, yes, for the first three months, you have one avenue of getting to Max Light and it is our new content. Well, at the end of these three months, we're going to bring everything up to light level so that no matter what you do, you feel like you're progressing to in-game level. That makes it so anybody who really doesn't like King's Fall and ran it once and was like, man, I don't like that raid. I miss Vault of Glass. Well, oh, Vault of Glass is back. Now I can hit 320 using Vault of Glass. Right, right. You know, one of the, one of the issues I've had with people asking for old content to be brought up to current light levels is the fact that... Uh, one of the biggest complaints with Destiny, especially in a content drought that we've had, um, is the repetitiveness of the content we do have. And if we bring everything up, it's just going to mean you have more repetitive content. And I don't want to say that the people that people don't know what they want, but I, I think they, I don't think they've really thought about what that will do for the game. Uh, but your point. Uh, regarding bringing up older content later, uh, sort of uh, delaying bringing up old content. Uh, once new content has been brought out, like something like a raid, making people do the raid and then bring up older content a couple months later, once you hit a content drought to sort of give people more chance to uh, progress. Um, that, that's actually a really good idea. I like that because I th then you stagger it and... It gives people, like you say, it sort of gives people, quote unquote, something new to do. So I think that's a really good idea. I like that a lot. Right. And the, the thing you said about repetitive, like Bungie shoots himself in the foot hardcore with repetitive because what they do is when they release a new piece of content, they're like, oh, uh, let's change the highest level strike playlist so that it has four strikes that you can do. And we'll make you do the same four strikes, even though we have 15 strikes in the game. Oh, Crucible? Well, we're going to rotate the same four maps, even though you can play on 20 different maps. And they shoot themselves in the foot by doing that. They make the game repetitive. The game in itself has enough content to not seem repetitive, but they don't allow that content to be used. Correct. Yeah. And regarding this new April update, um, just in general, looking at looking it over, I still I'm still afraid. I'm I'm very optimistic for it, but I'm still afraid that it's going to be just more repetitive content. Um but we'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to start to bash it because we haven't played it yet, and I'd rather play it before I start to really give thoughts on it. But I, I have, I'm skeptically optimistic. I, I mean, I'm pretty optimistic about the April update. I liked Prison of Elders, so I like what they've done with it. I like that points matter now. 
I like that it's kind of a race to get points. You're going to have to actually work with your team because if you have someone on your team who, say, the modifier is precision shots, like it was during the stream, and they're not going for precision shots, they're going to hurt you. So you got to work with your team. you got to play in a certain way. That's cool to me. It just bothers me that they haven't updated so much with the April update. With the April update, they made a huge emphasis on, oh, here is a Malak strike. Here is the Archon Priest. He's been taken. There's one more strike for you. Okay, what about the, like six other strikes? Like, can you just throw them in the playlist so that we get a little more rotation, you know, make everything available for Nightfall? Like, I still don't understand why it would have been so hard for him to be like, yes, we updated Archon Priest. He has a new look. By the way, you also have all the old strikes at the new highest light level for strikes. Go knock them out. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. But, um, you know, they most of the April update is actually rehashed or repurposed content anyway. So to your point, it shouldn't be too difficult for them to just bring up without making any significant changes to older strikes is bring up those strikes and maybe stagger them uh, to your point before about bringing up uh, old content, but delaying it after new content has come out, like a new raid, something significant, completely new, you know, staggering old strikes, bringing them up like one or two at a time, every couple of weeks, that'll actually, I think that'll actually keep people interested in playing because, Oh, okay. Now I can start to play some of these older strikes again. Every couple of weeks, you get a few more strikes. They have so many, they could stagger them out over a month or two easily once yeah. the uh, once this April update gets a little stale. Well, and they could have even been doing that from the past two months if they brought up two strikes every week or every two weeks or something like that. And then literally Nightfall wouldn't be so repetitive because you could be like, oh, we brought up these strikes. Now these strikes are going to be the Nightfall for the next two weeks. And then you get a little more variation in Nightfall. And there's so much they can do with their game to keep it from being repetitive. but they're they're short they're pulling little bits out of what they can grab and not throwing everything they can at us when it seems like it's easy for them to pull this content up to the new level and they're choosing to not bring other stuff up i i think it's a combination of multiple things um right now remember we're the people doing the update aren't bungee per se and what i mean by that is it's not the full Bungie team. It's just the, the live team. The live team is a very small group. And while they do have access to, say, you know, some art directors and, and whatnot, it, it, it's still a, a, a small contained group. So there's, there's a limited amount of things that they can do in addition to maintaining the game as it is right now. The hundred or so people that are working on the game, they're currently working on... Bungie or Bungie on Destiny 2 and the fall update or or DLC whatever you want to call it. All right? Right. And that that's the unfortunate thing. Um that there's just not enough and and I I think Bungie's Bungie's thought is okay, we know that there's not enough content right now. There's nothing we can do. We didn't plan for it because of issues with Destiny 2. It was a this, I'm just speaking from what the information that we've received um, with regards to their their story. Bungie 2 isn't coming out this year. We plan for Bungie 2. Uh, Bungie 2, I keep saying Bungie. <laughs> Destiny 2. 
We keep planning for Destiny 2 to, to, for, to come out this year. It didn't come out because we don't have enough time. We need more resources. We need a stopgap. So we're going to have a live team. The live team is going to do just maintain the game while we work on this. Good luck, live team. And live team is making the best with what they can do. Now, could they have done more? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it, at a certain point, you know, I, I honestly think... That, I mean, this look, the way that they're presenting this spring update, especially with the, the photo in the middle with, with Malak and, and the, the, the Titan with the sword, which looks really, really cool and stuff, they're almost presenting it as if it was an actual DLC. It looks really, really cool and really, really awesome. We know there's not going to be that enough content like, a, like an entire DLC, but they're doing a really, really good job, and I think that they're doing the best that they can with the little resources and manpower that they have. Um, would it have been nice if they included like the old deals, uh, the old strikes? Yes, but I think that their focus was on adding some new content and then worrying about adding more strikes later on when they've released this big update because they wanted a f fresh content. Okay, and I agree with you with that, and I think it's really good that they're bringing in some fresh content. Because per personally, I don't have like bad thoughts about the April update. I think the April update will be good. It will keep people satisfied for a few months. But that's the problem is a few months. So then after that point, you have to think, what is the live team going to do to pull us around till the, the fall expansion? Well, I think that they're going to do the same thing. that I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think they're going to do the same thing that, that happened last year. Because uh, after... With, with the House of Wolves drought? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. After House of Wolves drought came out, it was basically E3, and then we wait. And right. that's pretty much what's going to happen. I don't, but I think they have an opportunity here with what, with what they started to do with bringing stuff forward. Because here's the thing, and you have Sparrow Racing League. I don't understand why Sparrow Racing League isn't still in the game. I don't understand why that was a time event. I think if you had Sparrow Racing League in the games at all time, it would be something for people to just hop into, have a good time, get some high-level loot. It's not something people would do 24-7. But some might, a lot of people love racing games and those people would love to go into it. I don't understand why they can't leave that in the game because that's just another thing for you to play, which expands on what Destiny can have to play at a time. Then you have to look at what is the live team going to do? Recently, they've been doing stuff like Festival of the Lost, Crimson Doubles, that type of stuff. Would you rather they keep doing that type of stuff? Because we can all agree that Crimson Doubles was way underwhelming. Or... Would you rather them spend the month or two that it takes them to do another live content release and say, in a month or two, they release Vault of Glass at higher levels? Because that's what the live team was doing. They were updating Vault of Glass to higher levels. And then a month or two later, they release Crota's End. And then a month or two later, right before the fall update, they release every single strike and everything that's left up to the high level. Is that what you want them to do? Or do you want new content? Like they've been pushing these small little bits of new content. I think that first off the, the the way that they've been releasing things is kind of weird um instead of releasing it you know for example this is just jorge speaking going back to year one game released in september or yeah vanilla released in september um of that year two months later crota zen came out that was way too soon to put out something like that like Release, you know, the you know the vanilla game. Then a month later, you have the Queen's Wrath bounties. Then um, in December, you know, or 
release a strike like to get people ready um when you complete that strike all of a sudden you see a video on the screen that shows you know the the one teaser video for crota like make make some sort of strike that leads up to crota and then in january have then release the uh the the, the dark below then two months after that release some sort of small thing um to get you ready for the house of wolves april and may all of a sudden you got the house of wolves the way they spaced out the stuff where it was just like here's uh for example uh this year here's taken king two months later it was not, not even a month it was actually a month later vessel of the loss like all of a sudden people are like oh every single month we're going to get new content and that wasn't what happened it was like you have content one month later content empty space then it was srl and then empty space large empty space then it was uh the uh crimson it wasn't crimson doubles but the crimson event which was very underwhelming it was one mid one quote unquote quest which was just complete one thing and then you get your seven matches event. all right right and then there's nothing like they they don't space things out properly well um and i I think that's a huge disservice to themselves because if it was spaced out properly, then we'd like, okay, there's time for us to fix this and maybe add another strike or update something else. Like, for example, game comes out. If they wanted to do Vessel of the Lost in October, that's fine. But remember that there's always, there, if you do that, there's going to be a slight gap. So you want to put something out in November, a, an update a strike. It would, could be just one strike so that you can use it as a nightfall. Then you have additional resources for, for, for nightfalls there. And then December, SRL. January, you know you're not going to have much stuff. Uh, so put out another updated strike. Say the, uh, the Nexus Mine. Just one strike, the small update. But it's still some sort of content that people are like, okay, we see Bungie's doing something. Fall comes out. You have the, uh, the, the, the Crimson uh, stuff. And then include some sort of updated version of a year one map. It could even be something in. I know it sounds silly, but small things like this matter. Take uh, the one giant map, Bastion. Do a mirror version. Add walls or some or something else, and and add some uh, vex architecture all over the place, and make it Bastion uh, reformed, or that you could you could call it that and throw that in as a map. Well, I think uh, going back to what you kind of said about year one, I think they shot themselves in the foot with year one by releasing Dark Below the way they did. And that's in the fact that I think they made a mistake by releasing a raid right then. I think if the release of House of Wolves and Dark Below had been flipped, this whole content, like you're not giving us enough problem, wouldn't be happening in the way it is. And that's because three months after the game came out, they released a raid. And then they haven't released a raid again until Taken King, and now they haven't released a raid. I think if they'd given you Prison of Elders in December, January time, people would have seen that as, okay, it's not a raid, but it's kind of like a strike. It's pretty fun. Uh, let's play this for a little while. Then you hit spring of the next year, and it's like, oh, it's been half a year. We got another raid. That's awesome. And then Bungie sets this precedent for themselves where it's like every six months to a year we get a raid. That's not that big a deal. Like I can last six months on one raid with some stuff coming in between but with what they did with that three months raid release they shot themselves in the foot because now everybody is like every expansion we want to raid 
because you right. show that you can do it. When they didn't show they could do it, they showed that they had two raids prepared before the game was ever released, and they had six years to work on the game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I, I I definitely think that whoever's doing the release schedule needs to, you know, that Bungie needs to have their head checked a little bit because it's kind of bad. But yeah, well. we are excited for the new stuff. Um, these screenshots for for Malak and the new Archon Priest look fantastic. Um, looking at the weapons, they look really really cool. The the Titan armor looks amazing. Um, and Prison Elders. You know, for better or for worse, for a lot of people, was a very interesting um, PVE content. It, 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 I personally enjoyed it a lot. Um, back when I was doing Skolas's runs, you know, taking people through to get make sure that they got their emblem, um, I personally had a lot of fun doing those events. The, the, I wouldn't be doing those events or, or like helping people out with that if I didn't enjoy it. Now, would it have been nice if there was some sort of checkpoint yes because let me tell you you know spending an hour to get to skolas and then spending another three hours to destroy him and having to have the system on oh my god yeah yeah know that feeling that was one of the toughest things i've ever Not gone through, through. Skolas and chill, man. Sure. oh god well, before we but, talk about the checkpoints thing, because I think that's something we do have to talk about, just at least briefly. I want to say on your point of everything looking beautiful, um, the Malak fight looks like it could be really interesting. In the stream, they made a point to say that he's got a lot of interesting abilities. And I really hope that this final boss is more like the PlayStation exclusive strike, where it's a raid-oriented feel to the boss fight because it could it could have high potential to be a really great strike if they incorporate that type of thing into it. I love the hell out of that strike and I know a lot of people don't. I I honestly do. I, I that is one of my favorite strikes in the game. The PlayStation exclusive um, one, right? Yeah, the restorative mind. Because it makes Let you work you. as a team. It's the only strike that makes you work as a team because you have to protect your relic carrier. Oh my god. And let me tell you when when you, me, and Pellish were doing it, and all of a sudden that, <laughs> that one Hydra popped up. Oh, my, oh my God, a Hydra! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just the the fact that it's so confined and that there's so much chaos well, literally, going around. I had never killed like killed the boss slow enough that the Hydra had appeared in that room. <laughs> so then all of a sudden this Hydra spawns on top of me. I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> oh, man. Um... So, uh, what do you think the strike is going to be like, Jordan? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> you guys actually took the words out of my mouth with the echo chamber strike because that is a great strike, and I know it's PlayStation exclusive, but uh, yeah, they did they did it right with that strike. It feels it feels epic. You have to work as a team, which is something I'm really excited about regarding the the new Poe challenge, but. Um, yeah, if they do, if they, if they add raid mechanics or raid like mechanics into this new strike, it, it should be a winner. And I'm excited to see a boss that is not a bullet sponge. They mentioned, uh, multiple abilities and ways to attack. So if this boss, the AI that they put into this boss, uh, is, is good, then hopefully he'll approach you differently, attack you differently, depending on how you attack him. Uh, it, it, that would be awesome. I have no more bullet sponges. <laughs> mm -hmm. I I hope that they 
because it from what I from what I've seen in the flavor text for the grasp of Malak. Malak does a lot of offerings at a at shrines of Oryx. Uh, the, and that's where we're fighting. Uh, the shrine the shrine of Oryx that we have on the moon isn't the only one. There are multiple shrines and he's offered multiple things to the shrine of Oryx. So the fact that he's going to be in the sh what it appears to be the shrine of Oryx um, makes me think that there's going to be some sort of mechanic there that you have to, to do in order to be able to damage him. Well, yeah. Uh, I th think, well, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I, I was just going to say that I, 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 that's one thing I do like about the new bosses. Um, a lot of them, they're completely immune unless you do a certain thing. Um, and I'm talking about the strike bosses. Um, I want to see more of that because I, I, I don't like bullet sponges, but I like being able to crack the boss. Um, it, it does. I keep bringing these points up, Zelda and Metroid. It does seem with regards to these bosses, uh, the, the new ones, the newer ones, they've taken a cue out of Metroid, uh, I'm sorry, of Zelda, where you have to attack them in a certain way in order to expose their their weak spot. And I've always appreciated that as opposed to just going up to something and swinging your sword at it until it dies. Right. Well, and I mean, look at the Shrine of Oryx. If it is in the Shrine of Oryx, there's a lot in that room that you could use to incorporate raid-like mechanics, especially like under the shrine and stuff where you have to scan it with your ghost during the mission and everything. Like, There's a lot they can do with that room. And if he's really doing offerings, because it kind of looks like there's a giant taken blight where that giant black ball was that you destroy in the campaign. Right. Um, but if he's doing offerings, say you get him to a certain level health, say you take down 20% of his health, he pulls something from that blight. Now he's got a completely new ability. Like that could be pretty intense if his abilities just change throughout the fight and you got to think and learn on the fly. Yeah. I, I think of the war priest in King's fall and it'd be cool if the blight, like you said, if he pulled abilities out of it or if it did something as a, an additional mechanic to the fight, that would be pretty cool to see. Um, maybe, you know, doing what the war priests blight did, where it sort of sends out the, the death light to, to the, everyone uh -huh. you have to hide, you know? So every once in a while, you know, oh something happens That'd and you have, terrible. you have to just run and hide from it. You know, well, so it forces you to change like, your strategies like, uh, on the fly. An oversoul type thing where you have to shoot it to stop it from doing something. Well, uh, if you if you guys are familiar with the geometry of that room, there are pillars that that are around the court of Oryx that could facilitate that having to hide from the from the Oversoul or not the Oversoul, whatever it is. Um, so that that'd be an interesting mechanic. It'd also be cool to see you know Malak jumping from from all of those things firing on you <laughs> while he's on top. It's like oh my god, death from above. Yeah, now if if they make him, it looks like it could be made this way. But if they make him a more agile, fast boss rather than someone who just stomps around slowly, I think that could also make this fight way more intense than most strike fights are. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for that. Um, and I also I am excited to do the Archon Priest. I I, I really I do believe I'm going to have a lot of fun with this this update. Um. The, the biggest gripe with this update isn't the update itself. It's more that I feel that 
Bungie needs to add more more people to the to the live team to help them out because at a certain point there when when it's just them yeah they can put out great content but they're limited in, in their scope and and I think that they need to add more people or bring more people or with regards to the upcoming games make it so that there's more content but you don't put it all out there in front, you know, kind of space it out and space it out properly. Well, it seems like I that's what more. they were doing when Taken King came out, but it stopped after like a month and a half. Yeah. And let me tell you, I know you're a huge hand cannon fan, David. That hand cannon that the Hunter's holding up that has the fallen um, insignia on that it. That looks sick. Yes, dude. <laughs> and and it, I think the, uh, the, the Titan has the... Uh, an auto rifle with fallen insignia on it. Oh my I think, god! I think that's the pulse rifle, though. And um, kind of this will kind of segue us into our next topic, I guess, talking about next week's stuff. But um, that that exact gun shape was on a Titan in a picture from the video because you're talking about the one where it kind of spins in a circle when you hover over it on the April update page, right? Yeah. That exact gun shape was on either a pulse rifle or auto rifle, whichever it is on a Titan in a screenshot from the uh, stream, but it had different camo on it. It was the the purple and pinks that are reminiscent of the Queen's colors versus the okay. black and whites that that Titan has, which are remnants of Taken. And uh, you, like you said earlier at the start about us talking about what those little nodes are on the sniper rifle that came up that they're going to talk about next week. I think those nodes will give you the option to change the shading on your gun. And these pictures yeah. are what make me think that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in total agree, agreement with you because uh, if you look at the main image that they're using for the April update, the, the warlock on the right is running around with a quote-unquote taken shotgun. Right. And I, yeah. think, I think that's really, really cool that, that if, if that is the case... Were those that red and whatever node right next to the infusion node is a shader node? I think that's fantastic, and and it's it, it's a small step to add some customizability to the to the game, um, where it, it seems like we previously had the ability to use any single item, um, and there's no transmog system yet. Um, in case you guys don't, if anybody listening doesn't know what I mean. By the transmog, you can basically use the same abilities that you have on a specific piece of armor, but have it look um, the way an old armor did. For example, let's say you have the helmet from, or the arms from the Vault of Glass. You can make it so that it has the same stats and perks that the arms from King's Fall Raid do. Um, and... And until we get that full transmog system in the game, it won't be. The, it's not like what we had with the etheric light. But I think it's a small step to add some sort of customizability to the game um, that they that they could do at this time with the limited amount of resources they have. Right. And the easiest way to explain transmog to people that I've found is it's basically infusion for looks instead of power. Right. And. Um, a thing that I think they could do in the future, which would be really cool, is say you um, start collecting camos or shaders, per se, for guns, and then you get to infuse that camo or shader into a gun, and then you now, on that gun, the second node or whatever, can be equipped, whatever random camo or shader that is, 
And that adds a whole new avenue that people have been asking for for the Guns of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, some of the coolest looking guns in the game are a lot of these rares and uncommons. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Squid Pro, pro squid, Quo. Squid Pro Quo. <laughs> I want a legendary version of that so bad just to be able to continue. I almost to rocked that in Trials last night. <laughs> uh, so... So what do you guys think? Uh, we're obviously talking a little bit about the the looks. What do you guys think they're going to talk about with regards to the armor and gear and weapons next week? We'll start off with uh, with Jordan over there. I think they're going to definitely be uh, introducing some new items based on the images we've seen from the update so far and what we saw in the gameplay. There'll definitely be some new stuff. And it also looks like there's going to be some... Prison of Elders stuff that will probably be brought up in light level or you'll be able to bring it up in light level. So I'm excited to see what the new stuff is. I didn't particularly like the look of the Prison of Elders armor. So I'd like to see some new stuff. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if it's going to... I'm not sure if the new stuff's going to bring any new uh, abilities or perks, but just some new armor looks would be good, especially for year two. Cause, um, just like I'm not, I wasn't so hot on the Poe armor. I'm not super hot on all of the raid armor right now. So right, it'd be right. good just to get another option in there for the PVE set. You, you, you didn't like, you didn't the, like the, the, horny the horny titan? titan? <laughs> <laughs> that helmet is so god-awful. I, I just... No, no. Helm of Saint-14 all day. But it gave you wings. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'll never forget the first day that I got the, the that Titan helmet. I just jumped into somebody's party and said, I'm horny, look at me. <laughs> oh, God. It, it was a terrible joke, I know, but it was just... I was like, I don't want to wear this anymore. This is so bad, but it's the only thing that'll get me to 34. I always, yeah, thought, I remember those days. I always thought of the flying nun when I saw that helmet. <laughs> <laughs> the flying nun. Now, I oh sure my. hope with uh, next week's stream that they do talk about all this new armor and weapons and how to obtain some of them. Kind of go into more detail about what light level will be dropping where and when it drops at 335 and that type of thing. Because I know for me, I already plan on doing uh hard mode raids before i go into prison of elders so that i will have a better chance of getting those 335s because i don't want to hop into it at say 319 because i only have one 320 and two 319s because i haven't done a raid and god knows how long but uh i don't want to jump into it at 319 and get shafted and get something at like 325 i, I want to be making sure that i can get my highest level stuff so hopefully they clarify that and then hopefully they also talk about if they are or are not bringing new exotics in, because I have so many exotic engrams sitting in my vault taking up space that I just want to get rid of. So either I get rid of them now or I get rid of them on April 12th. Just tell me, Bungie. Tell me what to do. Uh, you and like a whole bunch of people have been doing that, and I'm not sure why. Cause, because let me last tell you. time it worked. Last time there was an update that brought new exotics. They... Uh, up they decrypted to these new exotics so that's what everybody is betting on again is that it will work again because it's an update not an expansion no i i get that but i mean just my concern is everybody's starved for content and this seems like something that will quickly zap that 
I'm I'm just concerned that that you know saving up all these engrams might not be the best thing. See, but I, I'm a collector, so I just want to have all the exotics. I don't even use them. Me, this game is still fun for me. I don't get bored with this game because I hop into Crucible and just play Crucible nonstop because I've just been... Because he's also a loser. Yeah, I'm a loser, but I've been a competitive PvP player my whole life in video games, basically, starting back in Star Wars Battlefront when I was like 10, but then moving into Call of Duty and been playing since Call of Duty 2. And it's just the PvP keeps this game fun for me. I used to put... 20 days into every single Call of Duty game, so putting 20 days into Destiny's PvP is still fun to me, and I don't care about getting all those exotics out of the way. I understand what you're saying, and some people may hate themselves for doing that, but for me, I'd rather have that grind done with so that I can just focus on playing the content rather than having to worry about doing stuff I don't want to do to collect it. Plus, like, who wants to buy three of coins? I'm sick of using three of coins. Three of coins ruined the game, but that is a talk for another day. Um, actually, since you, you started talking about it, um, what do you guys think are the biggest things that are going to come, not next week, but the following week with the Sandbox and Crucible update? Thorn. Think Thorn is going to come to year two? Thorn's going to come to year two. And I think that because of Cosmos. Well, Cosmos questioning on Twitter made me think that it would come, but I think it's going to come with changes. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I don't know if they'll listen to the community and do something like the hunted perk added instead of the burn or burn only marks on headshots. I think that one is actually the most fair one to keep lore alive. But then again, everybody in the community currently hates burn over time. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of changes in the sandbox to sun singers. I don't think Viking funeral is going to work the way it does after this week uh, or next week, two weeks, whenever the update comes out. Um, you're probably going to see changes to Blade Dancer because that's considered the weakest of the PvP subclasses. Uh, I bet hand cannons get an accuracy boost. Sniper rifles, I think there's high potential for them to do something to res sniping because that's been a pretty common complaint from a lot of the higher-end Crucible players. Um, pulse rifles will most likely get a slight change because they seem very unbalanced in the way that only one archetype is really worth using if you're going off time to kill and burst to kill. Unfortunately, the Doctrine will probably see a slight nerf, probably like 0.01%. And uh, Scout Rifles might get a change depending on the archetype as well. But other than that, I mean, the Crucible is pretty dang balanced, so I'm not sure what all they're going to do with the Sandbox besides just small touches here or there to stuff that just seems kind of broken in either the the way that it just doesn't work or it's just too, too strong. I think there's a potential for two other things, two minor things. Well, minor in the way that they're going to approach it, but major in terms of how they affect the game. I think there's a there's a chance they might nerf rangefinder for shotguns. And they might... I think they might increase certain things with fusion rifles in terms of... Because here's the thing. um, Everybody knows that that the shotgun is still very, very effective from a very good range. Um, And there's no real reason to want to use anything else up close bought a shotgun because of its stopping power and how effective it is. Um, I think that they might make a slight 
change to fusion rifles in terms of how the burst works and the speed that it actually comes out initially from the gun. But other than that, I don't see any major changes um, to that. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, sniper rifles might might be heavily hit. There's a chance for a heavy hit to the sniper rifles because they're way too effective right now and everything else is not. Um, the one thing I don't think they're going to do much is with regards to hand cannons because I think that they are... If you hit everything else, they, they might be too powerful. Well, I think uh, the reason why I say we'll see something in hand cannons is basically hand cannons have taken such an accuracy decrease that it's turned into RNG shot, where you can aim at the same place twice, but you won't necessarily hit it. And I think they'll give it a slight boost in the way to try and prevent that from happening. But through you talking, you actually made me think of a few things that I think they will for sure hit. And that's with regards to the sniper rifles. Um, it's not that they're too effective. It's that people have found ways to abuse aim assist. So I don't know if it'll happen now or with the big update in the fall or even Destiny 2 per se. But I think you'll see a change to how aim assist works because basically um, a good sniper knows you don't aim on the head immediately. You aim at head level and then you drag because that's how you make the aim assist work for you. And it makes it how people can hit these insane quick scopes that you didn't think were possible because you're using aim assist to your advantage in a way that I don't think Bungie planned for it to be used. But now that people have played this game for so long, they know how to abuse those little things. And along the same lines, um, talking about snipers and shotguns, special ammo, I guarantee you we see a nerf to changing weapon types between rounds and making it so you can't have a gun that regen's ammo like icebreaker or a sidearm and then switching while you're dead to get special ammo for other stuff because that's not what they wanted when they made this special ammo nerf so i bet that gets a change in this next sandbox update mm -hmm. all right so let's go ahead and go to the final topic of today's show and that is the former music director for Bungie, Marty McDon uh, Marty O'Donnell, I'm sorry, um, sp spoke out with IGN on being fired from Bungie. Uh, it's an interesting 10-minute interview, um, and we'll include that in the show notes. Um, long story short, he really didn't reveal too much uh, ab about why he was fired, because per him, he doesn't know why. Um, we've already read the original report that was published by Kotaku not too long ago uh, regarding him being fired. And a lot of it had to do with just they were going in one direction as in Bungie when they changed everything with regards to the game. And Marty was going in another direction. And just from the tone of of Marty in the interview where he's like, could I have done things a little bit differently? Sure. Makes me think that he knew that he was like, well, I'm going to get paid. I don't care what I do. You know, I'm just going to do this. Um, I, it's an interesting listen because it makes it seem like everything there at Bungie at the time before the game was even, before Vanilla was even released, was a very terrible experience which makes me 
surprised that, yes, the game came out in such a flawed state, but it was still very, very good. Uh, to the point that we still play it two years later. Yes, there are updates to this game, but for the most part, we're still playing it almost an entire two years later. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting uh, listen, and I recommend that you guys go ahead and listen to that. Uh, we'll definitely include it in the show notes. Um, but before we wrap this baby up, uh, what, do you, what did you guys feel about um, that interview or anything with regards to Marty O'Donnell um, at that time? Well, I mean, I don't have too many thoughts on it. it. To me, it's just one of those, like, he was he was a big player in the Bungie community, and that's why I think it's been perceived the way it has. But I feel like this type of thing happens a lot, especially when companies are going through the type of thing that Bungie went through. And that's why, I, I don't know, I, I don't really take much of what he says to be entirely true and I wouldn't really take anything Bungie says to be entirely true because no one was there to understand what was going on. I just feel there's a lot of disagreement between the two sides and it's it's blown up because of who he was, not because of what actually happened. Yeah, I I I don't really have a strong opinion on it either. It's it's Bungie's dirty laundry and I don't really try to I don't try to look into that stuff it's interesting to hear those types of insider stories uh, from ex-employees and you know it, it gets your imagination going but in the at the end of the day it doesn't really affect my gameplay and as long as uh Bungie's putting out something that i enjoy and have fun with you know i could care less um what goes on internally as long as they're not doing anything morally wrong or illegal <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well before we end this uh thing up my final thoughts Bungie, you're doing great work we really appreciate the spring update but please get some more people for this live team and please consider using all of your assets fully even if it doesn't bring it up to the final level that were 335 level find some way to incorporate things there are very small fixes that you can do to this game such as bringing certain strikes up so that you can use them as a nightfall that you don't have to do major changes to or even have to introduce taken to everything sometimes that can be a crutch sometimes we just want to use that original experience just at a harder level we gamers we like challenges, and sometimes when the challenge isn't there and everything seems so easy, we get turned off. That's one of the things that turned me off by a lot of games previously. Even Nintendo doesn't do this. You want a challenge in a, in a Mario game? On the last uh, uh, Mario Gal- uh, not Galaxy, the, the last Mario game that they put out on the Wii U, the very last level was one of the hardest platformers platformer levels in any game, any system. And players enjoyed that. Players loved going through that. It was their quote-unquote raid. And not everything has to be a raid. Just introduce challenges in many different ways and trust that your community can, can do it. Just because not everybody's 320 
doesn't mean that you cannot provide a challenge at that level where people, you know, go in and, and they experience it. A lot of people did these heroic things and, and um, in the old Halos, the mythic difficulty, because they like that challenge. It's the same thing with this game. We're looking for challenges. We're looking for fun experiences. I don't care if I die. One of my best experiences in all of gaming was me playing Gears of War, and I got killed by a boomer from all the way down there, and I accidentally rolled into the rocket. I can't tell you how loud I laughed and how long I laughed, but I knew that because I got destroyed, it was a fun experience. Yeah. Things like this change the game for a lot of people, and it's not everything has to be we get the reward. It's the experience. And unfortunately, the experience for a lot of people isn't there. Sometimes the experience is the best reward. So my final advice to Bungie is take a look at the assets you have, see what you can do with them, and bring them up. Well, it's kinda, and with that, I just want to kind of add a few things to what you said real quick. Um, for me, like the challenge thing is 100% what what makes games fun because when i did king's fall for the first time i was like 280 something when i did hardwood for the first time i was like 290 something and that extra challenge because i couldn't do as much damage and stuff that made it fun that you have to be extra careful nowadays if i do something pve it's soloing the nightfall because it's fun to try and avoid all the enemies and stay alive when they can destroy you in a heartbeat that's fun and that's why bringing everything up to these higher levels would be fun like you said and I just want to say one thing on a topic we didn't end up rebringing up, but I had mentioned earlier, and that was the checkpoints in Prison of Elders. Because a lot of people are flipping the tit, because during the stream, Deej said there would be checkpoints, but he was misinformed, and there won't be checkpoints. Like, take a step back, people. Relax. They said the average playtime test was 35 minutes to do that challenge that you want to have checkpoints. That challenge is three rounds long. That's it three rounds if people at bungie can do it in 35 minutes if there's something we've learned from the past is that the people at bungie aren't always the best at the game we can probably do it between 20 and 30 minutes which is the same time it takes to do some strikes so just relax and have a good time with the content and don't worry about no checkpoints in something that really isn't that long it's like asking for a checkpoint at the omnigal fight when omnigal came out when Omnigol came out, that strike took like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Anyway. We don't talk about Omnigol. Anyway. <laughs> Two blues. Yeah. Well, I just, I just hope that this new content addition is a good addition and not just a distraction until the fall update or until Destiny 2 because, um, yeah, I want something fun to play. Bungie's made a good game. Destiny's my game. You know, I, I've been distracted with the Division and uh, some other games, but I, I definitely am looking forward to uh, an excuse to play a lot more Destiny. So bring it. All right. And with that, we thank you for listening to In Orbit. We're available on a ton of different platforms, so make sure you guys are spreading the word. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. Make sure to listen to our sister podcast here on the Mash Those Buttons Network. We have Double Tap, our fighting game podcast, 
the first week of every month we have wow talk every other week that's our uh, world of warcraft podcast opposite of watchpoint the overwatch podcast so you got wow talk one week and you got watchpoint every other week in orbit obviously we are the second uh we are every other week as well we're bi-weekly uh you can find us on mtb site on twitter that's m as in mary t as in tony b as in boy site s-i-t-e uh we have facebook.com slash mash those buttons youtube.com slash mash those buttons david where can people find you uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dsbolt, dsbolt, one word, and then on Twitter uh, at ds underscore bolt. And Jordan, where can people find you? You can find me on updownupdown.net where I write articles. And as things get going, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make an appearance on Twitter and I'm working on setting up a Twitch channel as well. So just stay tuned to updownupdown.net and you'll be able to get all the information on myself and my cohorts there. And then I can be found on Facebook through the Technodrome Collective, both on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. If you're looking for a great community of players, both on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, come look us up. Send me a message. I'm on Facebook at Jorge Vigija. That's spelled J-O-R-G-E. Last name spelled V as in Victor. E-G-U-I-L-L-A. Send me a message. We'll get you hooked up on the Technodrome Collective on PS4 and Xbox One. On behalf of David and Jordan, Jorge here. We thank you for listening and later days. Mm-hmm.